This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, season finale reviews of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and The Rings of Power. Geek boner! Plus, Blade is delayed. The MCU casts a new General Thunderbolt Ross. The Rock flexing his muscle over at DC Films. Reactions to the latest episodes of Andor, House of the Dragon, and more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, October 17th, 2022. Hey, it's Michael Rosenbaum, and you are listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Why? Because you, my friend, need to keep up with all the latest superhero and comic book TV and movie news. And nobody brings it like these guys do. Check them out. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Crabs out there. Let's give it up. Hey, how's it going, listener? Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. And joining us is a guy, he breaks fourth walls, he breaks fifth walls, even sixth walls. He's probably behind you right now. It's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? I'm I'm in the walls as we speak. I'm in between walls, actually. You can cross over universes. Yeah, I can go backwards in time, forwards in time. I can talk to people. I can talk to your grandkids in the future. You are breaking the proscenium. That, yeah, sounds like a dirty word, but that, you know what that is. That's is that a part of your scrotum? Wait, what is that? The, no, that's the area between your. <laughs> is that like the hymen? What is that? No, it's it's underneath the flap of the no the proscenium. <laughs> what? Is it's the, a theater term. Yes, okay, so you got like a yes a three wall. It's a square, and the three walls that this audience sits in is like uh, and then there's where the facing the audience is the proscenium. That's the, why they call it the fourth wall. Yeah. The invisible wall. Everything's oh, yeah. looked through. The or chrysanthemum. Yeah. The I chrysanthemum. Know yes. Black chrysanthemum from Star Wars. The persimmons. The persimmons. It's a squishy fruit. Yes. It's tasty. <laughs> Anyways, we're all here behind the third wall. They keep me behind many padded walls for good reason. Anthony knows this. Do you want me to do the acronym? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> we'll just do this now because I before, thought that's what you were alluding to. Before we started recording. Uh, I was going to do this in the She-Hulk segment, but it's too funny. Anthony came up with an amazing acronym for my name off the top of his head, and it's dead on the nose. What does Imran stand for, Anthony? Idiotic man rallying around nothing. Oh, shit. (laughs) Nailed it. I mean, come on. And he just spit that out. I was like, what does it stand for? That's good. So yeah, that's uh, what that's would your the name Imran today. computer look like? The Imran robot look like? It'd be like a spotted cow robot. You know, it would it would drop down from the ceiling, and the wires would be you know <laughs> hanging from the bottom, but they'd be all white. The wires would be hanging <laughs> yes. all around. It's black the with white wires. Yeah, <laughs> there is a toy out there. Uh, someone on my other podcast, Dance Enjoy Podcast, one of our listeners commented that I sound like the voice of this trivia robot toy called Two XL, and he sent me a video, and it's like a trivia bot. Oh, I had that. You put like an 8-track tape in it. Yes, and he said I sounded like 2XL going, I will ask you questions. Press A or B. And I was like, I can can do this gig. Let me (laughs) re-record this for you. This is my job. (laughs) 
Anyways, this is not a voiceover podcast, but you can find one if you're looking to get into the business. Oh, I'll go to check that out. Yeah, it's a good business. We got a lot of things to review and some quick news. Let's get into it, fellas. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. This was something I think we all saw coming and uh, finally became official and sent waves down Marvel's release schedule of movies from the Hollywood Reporter. In the wake of parting ways with director Bassam Tarek, two weeks ago, the studio is pause, pressing pause on Blade, the vampire adventure thriller that is set to star Oscar winner Mahershala Ali. Marvel is temporarily shutting down production-related activities in Atlanta, where the project was to have shot starting in November while it conducts a search for a filmmaker and further develops the feature. So uh, they are looking to start production in 2023. They have pushed the release date of Blade from November 3rd, 2023 to September 6th, 2024. It makes sense. I mean, you don't have a director. How do you start shooting a movie? You have to kind of stop production. Yes, and you need another year. So now we have like almost two-year buffer to to work on this. But wow, the uh, comment on this here, I you know, I think, well, I think you should no go go announce okay. what though what it, what it affected. Okay, so then domino effect, of course, of the schedule of Marvel movies, which are meticulously planned because everything is connected from the shows. Blade moves. Deadpool three moves from that September six, twenty twenty four date oh i have different numbers here hold on what do you mean blade it says so the hollywood person says blade november to september but this article says blade moved from november to june 9th 2024 no where the article is at that's from comicbookmovie.com so no i think that's wrong okay so deadpool moves from september 6 2024 to november 8 2024 not a big pushback two months two months here's a big one Fantastic Four moves from November 8, 2024 to February 14th, 2025. That's, that's not f- the biggest that's one. That's a few more. That's like what? Four months. months. The next okay. one is the biggest one. Oh, the next one is the biggest one. We were excited that we were getting two Avengers movies in the same year within six months of each other. Well, not anymore. Uh, Avengers Secret War is moved from November 7, 2025 to May 1st, 2026 into next wow. spring. So phase six has been extended by about six months and there's still empty slots. That's four years from now. Right. That's crazy. Did I do that math right? Uh, sure. It's two plus four. Oh, right. Six. About four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is the big shake up there. Let's go back to Blade. Does Mahershala Ali walk or is he going to stick around for this horse shit? Apparently he, they gave, they're giving him a lot of creative control, like on the script. By the time this movie comes out, he's going to be like uh, retiring from acting. It's like, <laughs> like it's like you know, who knows? They're going to push it back even more if they don't find somebody or if they don't gel or you don't even know what could happen. There's a lot of, a lot of what is in the air. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to me. I mean, it's crazy how one domino falls and everything shifts like this. Yeah, given the interconnected universe, but just makes me makes you go like how the hell did they not get this right like how How did did they have all this time in between i'm not surprised i mean marvel's been dropping the ball big time well the thing is they announced mahershali as blade in 2019 i know 
It's a long time how do you ago. Not, how, do you not, uh, how do you not have a script? How do you not have a... How do you not have it the shit in order? And Blade's a, you know, a big deal. You got Mahershala Ali, yeah. who's our Academy Award-winning actor. It seems kind of crazy. I could get into it once we start talking about She-Hulk, but the two are tied together. You can, there's, a, there's a common thread here. That's interesting you say that. I think it's a little corporate shenanigans. I think Kevin Feige and Mahershala Ali had one idea of what they wanted, and possibly Basam Tariq and the writers had a different one, and they couldn't play ball. They couldn't tow the company line, uh, so they're going to walk. Yeah. Something like that. That's what I think. I just think that Kevin Feige is folding to a lot of people now. Oh, interesting. That's okay, yeah. Okay. I think that his influence, even though it's still there, like uh, it's clear that people's ideas of what they want to do are overshadowing what, what Faye wants in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's causing friction. That's my, that's my personal. Either that or Faye doesn't care anymore because he's got the bag. He's like, I got I the think, bag. I All think right. he's a little over. I think he's stretched. I, and I do think, I think you're right in that. I think there's a lot of people he, he has to serve. I, even though he's at the top, I think the Disney plus thing really stretches him. And then, you know, you got to, he announced, I mean, they're announcing movies when they don't even have scripts written. Right. And the way the Marvel machine works is these movies have to come out on those dates. Otherwise, everything gets fucked yeah. and pushed. So it just creates a squeeze. I think he should hire someone he trusts to maybe oversee the TV Disney Plus side of things under him so that he can just focus on the movies. But those two things still have to congeal but but like when you've had like a 10 year run and just knocking him out of the park how long can you go well how much longer is he doing this job also that i mean like you know you, like star wars trilogy lucas was like he but he was out right yeah, he's yeah. like from like 78 to like 86 that was it boom yeah and then he came back and then he sold it and he's like i'm out again <laughs> yeah uh, so I don't know. Like, look, you, this guy's a multi Oscar award winner. Like, you don't want to lose him. And I think I saw something where they were like, oh, he's still committed to the project, which they have to say that. But if he fucking walks, then you're up shit's creek and you got to start from scratch. I don't know what you do. I, I feel like that you can't maintain a certain integrity long enough unless you have complete control and you're going small. Like, if you're going too big, the machine is going to like absorb everything. It, it kind of goes, it gets out of control and then just kind of. Yeah. It just, who can manage all that stuff? Yeah. At some point you got to be like, all right, whatever. Like I'm entrusting these people to do that. And then whatever, like come in and trying to, you know, exert yourself. But at the end of the day, you got too many plates spinning. You know, the good thing is that the infrastructure at Disney will allow for competency to, to win out. Yeah. So you'll get a movie will come out. Well, and I'm all for giving them time to get it right, right? You don't want you don't want to rush it. You don't want a Justice League fucking thing happening. Well, yeah, a movie will come out, and yeah. it will be it, it will do what it's supposed to do. We'll have standards, and if it doesn't, they'll make it fit. They'll make it fit. They'll, <laughs> yes, they'll, they'll ram it. it they'll yeah. ram that square <laughs> into the round hole as hard as they can and make it fit. <laughs> they'll shove it in there for sure. Yeah. So. Uh, the other bit of fun uh, MCU news, we mentioned this a little bit last week, uh, but it's now officially official. Harrison well, Ford. Marvel hasn't announced it, but all those big all the sites are. Deadline yeah. is yeah. Hollywood Reporter. Everybody is confirming. Oh, there you go. 
Yeah. Har- Harrison Ford is the new General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross and set to make his debut in 2024's Captain America New World Order. And then you know he's going to be in Thunderbolts. And ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves a fucking Red Hulk. Geek boner. Is that what, is that what this means? This I is think crazy. So. Yeah, I think so. I think he might even be the villain. Oh, in uh, New World Order. And in Thunderbolts. And in Thunderbolts. I would say Thunderbolts. That's so crazy. Fuck, that's a big get, right? I mean, that's a pretty big casting. Oh, it's huge. Robert Redford. It's huge. I'm just worried. He's like 80 years old. (laughs) Dude, he's he's spry. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. (laughs) He is spry, and he doesn't have to do any action. And, like, he's, you know, Red Hulk will be fine. Just maybe they CGI all of him, even when he's a normal person. But what a career! Fucking Han Solo, Indiana Jones is now uh, General Thaddeus. Why does Ross. he want to be Red Hulk? Why would he want to do that? They need Red Hulk. They need a guy I named think, Thunderbolt. I, I, think they, I think they backed up the truck and said Harrison. Imagine instead they got Christopher Walken to be Red Hulk. Oh, is Walken ever going to get? I don't a even shot? know. If, I don't even know if he's like got his all of his. Uh, his marbles right now. Is this the most the highest profile? I mean, you had Anthony Hopkins. Right. Robert Redford, Kate Blanchett, right. and there's a bunch more, but this has got to be the biggest, the highest. I mean, Harrison profile, Ford is like a a major pop culture icon, but I think Anthony, um, what's his Hopkins, name? Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is Hopkins. like a, a more respectable actor with more like Oscars, you know, blue. That's true, but yeah, no, Harrison Ford is forever. So many He's things. on Solo and Indiana Jones. He's two huge yeah. characters. He's never going to beat that. But that's I love it. I think I think it's great. He's still he's a fantastic actor. Still, yeah. I just I, just, I love the casting. I think he's perfect as a as a General Ross because yeah. he's just as gruff, yep. if not more gruff than uh, William Hurt was. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's got the whole. He's literally like get off get off my lawn. Like he's like. <laughs> It's like as if you had Clint Eastwood. He's that kind of guy. Get off my lawn. You find get this off- man. Get off my plane! Yeah. Like he's 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 that guy. I'm just worried that he croaks before they even start filming this fucking movie. <laughs> he survived. To say it, making Indiana Jones five. So I feel like he's got a couple more. Maybe yeah, well, I just can't fathom why he'd wants to do this. Look, everybody, you want to be the MCU. Everybody wants a piece of. The I guess MCU. you want to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, might as well. He's done everything else. Fucking Blade Runner. Shit. That's, yeah, that's great. the man has done a lot of shit. He's been the president of the United States. Yeah. Uh, he's been Jack Ryan. Good Jack Ryan. That's right. Uh, okay. So, meanwhile, over at DC Warner Brothers, Anthony just shared uh, this uh, pretty in-depth article from The Hollywood Reporter just posted uh, titled DC at a Turning Point, James Gunn Pitches Secret Movie, Dwayne Johnson Flexes His Superman Power. Anthony, what's going on over at DC under the new fucking Zaslav era here? What are some bullet points of this thing? Uh, well, first off, I mean, I don't even know if this is a spoiler now because it's been out there. Yes, but, right. Okay, I'm going to talked about this. it last week. Yeah, I'm going to. But spoiler alert. Yeah, it's basically confirmed that yeah. The Rock bullied, I guess, or maybe not bullied, but got Henry Cavill back on board with DC. He's in this Black Adam movie. That's I think that's the post credit scene. Yeah. And Henry Cavill is apparently going to be doing Man of Steel two now. Oh, but it sounds shit. like The Rock is also pushing for a Black Adam versus Superman movie. 
they were planning to do a black Superman written by or written or directed by Tennessee Coates. Yep, yeah, Tennessee Coates, and uh, that still might happen. Produced but by J.J. Abrams. Yeah, Flash sequels already written. What? Matt Reeves is looking to expand a Batman universe and do more villain centric stuff. James Gunn is doing stuff. So it sounds like there's a lot of stuff in the mix, and everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And from what it says in this article, everyone's kind of making a power grab right now because there is no Zaslav. And I think Hamada's resigning at the end of the month. Yeah, he's qu- he's quietly quitting as yeah. we speak right now. Quiet he's quitting. Just, he's yeah, quiet he's quitting. Quiet he's just yeah. stopped doing shit. But, I mean, and it also mentions there is kind of leadership. There's uh, these two people that they put in charge. But, man, a lot of crazy, interesting things like how The Rock uh, originally went to Walter Hamada to get Henry Cavill back and... Hamada didn't want to do it because he wanted to distance himself from the Zack Snyder universe. So he goes around him to his bosses, yeah. convinces them. And it sounds like The Rock really wants to be involved in the future of picking characters, more obscure characters, building uh, this DC universe, which is crazy. Uh, Man, of sequel, Man of Steel sequel will uh, be have Charles Roven producing. But yeah, the cat's out of the bag is that. Is it? I think it's kind of smart. Will it sell more tickets to Black Adam that comes out this week? Now that The Rock pretty much let it slip that Henry Cavill is back as Superman, and it's because of him, and he's going to be at the end of this movie. Does that sell more tickets? I think so. I think that's why they've announced it. That's why they. That's why they're spoiling their own. They're creating the juice, as they said. It clearly wasn't part of the original plan. There was reshoots, and like they should have just put it in the fucking marketing. Uh, they might as well have, but he's been a very good promoter marketer of this movie. The man is everywhere, and like he, I feel like he's done a big job of, of, of getting the awareness of this movie huge. We'll see how it opens. Well, you're uh, giving him a lot of credit because, like, he's still not opening movies on the level of like Tom Cruise and shit. Right. This he's, may be no. his biggest opening he's ever had. So this, yeah, this he's he's making his way. He's like, cause he's had like his own pro, his own projects that he led that kind of went okay, like Rampage and this and that, but nothing huge. Like he did that Hercules movie, nobody went to the one where he jumps off the giant building. No one went to that. Oh, skyscraper! I like yeah. that movie. That was good. Right, but no one went to see it. No, no one went to see it. But it was good. Yeah, like a fucked up leg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was his. It was his Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. It was totally his Die Hard. It's actually quite a fun movie. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I heard it actually isn't bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I've read some early reactions to Black Adam, and pretty much people seem to be saying the Rock's great, the plot, and the villain, eh, maybe not the best. So. Uh, yeah, I heard the Rock's great, great <laughs> really fun action. Yeah, but uh, I think for the most part, from what I saw, people were like, "This is a good step in the right direction." Okay, good, good. There, we'll see. It comes out this week. But like, look at this—that you kind of see this plan. You have. Uh, wait, what plan? Well, just not the plan, but the pool of talent. You have oh, yeah. Matt- every, but every pool of talent's doing their own thing. <laughs> They're doing their own thing. You got Matt Reeves wanting to expand Batman, working on the sequel. He's going to bring out the obscure villains. James Gunn has got to finish Peacemaker Season 2, and then he wants to do a lot more stuff. And, you know, to, and then bringing back Henry Cavill as Superman is a huge move. The fact that the Flash sequel is written is kind of crazy because right now, today... Ezra Miller pleaded not guilty to a burglary, felony burglary charge in Vermont where he stole booze. 
Uh, and in this art deadline says if things don't go their way, the actor could be looking at a maximum of 26 years for stealing booze behind bars, as well as over $2,000 in fines, which is what that's not even what is that? But 26 years for stealing booze. I don't know. If no, that's going to get thrown out. It's just yeah, stealing if it goes booze. to trial and they get the max sentence, which they never do. Uh, but also they're just getting some flack for kind of enabling and protecting a abuser. So that's interesting. What's going on over there? Uh, but wow, is this a turning point? Are they starting to get their shit together under this new leadership? If they get a nice Superman movie, that'll help a lot. Absolutely. I think it will. If it feels like Superman and they, everything goes well and everything works, then we're good to go. How do you like the rock as a, a DC comics advisor? He's, he loves DC comics. <laughs> he said he's grown up on him. He, I feel like he knows a lot. Do we want him? Really? As, yeah. I don't think he knows shit. You know, that's what he's saying no. on all the talk shows. Anyways, are they paying him? They to just say that. say that. They don't mean it. They watch two YouTube videos and they think they know where he could have grown up loving DC comics. You don't know. I don't Didn't know. Didn't you see the young rock? Does he read comics in that show? I don't know. I don't know. I never saw <laughs> young rock. <laughs> there was, a, there was something in that article where they said, I forgot who exactly, but there was a, a, a point where a lot of the the dc's focus was on the main you know justice right. league type yep. characters and they it's taken them a lot of convincing to go hey like similar to marvel there's there's a wide variety of characters in here and, and there's a lot to mine but it sounds like until zaslav gets somebody to write the ship everyone's kind of doing their own thing and pushing as hard as they can to to get their stuff out right yeah Kind of like a little bit like the power grab you said, like the, mm. whoever can rise to the top. This is a tough fucking job. Like, I don't know how you're going to find somebody. Maybe the best bet is to. It's not really that hard. It's like to do the right thing. It's just that no one's doing it. Okay. Like they have so many great stories. They have, they have all of these crises that they had. They had, you know, the, uh, the, the Green Lantern, the 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 antimatter fucking thing. Yeah, you know, the whole lantern thing is such a rich fucking canon that they fucked up once. Like you, there's so much you could do with that. And look at Peacemaker. Look at the breakout hit he fucking got, and that worked. They trusted Gun. So do you just put your trust in these talent? These the anti monitor, not anti anti monitor. Yeah, the yes. anti monitor. The uncle monitor too. <laughs> yes, the baby monitor. <laughs> yes. Int- anyway, interesting article. Uh, so we'll see Black Adam coming out this week. We'll have a full review next week. Can't wait. Listener, join the conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. We're all there. It's an exclusive closed group to geek out. There's spoiler threads. You can post geek news, get alerted, stay up to date. Uh, stuff like that. Fun stuff. Okay. Let's get to our first review of the episode, and it will be the season one finale of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, on Disney+. Plus. Here's your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. So, eight episodes, show's over. We've been kind of talking about it for the past two months. Uh, Anthony, how do you, you want to do this? you want to tell us briefly what happens in the episode? So, the last episode, we have... Jen, who's been exposed by the intelligentsia for having sex. That's diabolical for a woman to do. She can't do that. How dare she? Pissy. <laughs> and uh, she she lost control, and you can't lose control as a woman. So she gets put in jail, and she gets bailed out. And 
she wants to put the intelligentsia in their place, but she wants to do it legally. And she gets a little help from her her cohort of friends. They find out the intelligentsia where they are. We find out that Hulk King is is Todd, right? His name's Todd. Todd, yes. Todd, her client, is fucking Hulk King. Is the Hulk King, and it's a secret group of bros and dudes that are very chauvinistic and throw uh, buzzwords online but don't really know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> they make great coffee, too. You ever had intelligentsia coffee? Delicious. I don't really drink coffee. No, you're so not a coffee you, guy. Yeah, I'm not a big coffee guy. So, anyways, peeps out there. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, well, you know what that's from? What? One of one of the guys that that is like a YouTuber sells coffee. Like one of like these like guys that like hates everything. Yeah, he sells coffee. So that's probably Wait, like really in good. real life. Yeah, oh. like there's a guy who like he. He critiques everything and always is making like own videos or what do you call that? Where, where you fucking destroys blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know, like he's oh, yeah. selling coffee. Air downs. Yeah. He's selling coffee. <laughs> but they're a group in the comics well, too, Intelligentsia. So no, no, I'm saying I think that, that they're, they're modeling is definitely going after people that actually exist. Yeah. Where was Anyhow, it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, it- she, she, so they are in the, uh, the Todd is the whole king. They're getting a seminar from the Abomination. Yeah. And uh, he I don't think he knows that he's dealing with the intelligence. He's just doing seminars illegally because he's not supposed to be Abomination. But Jen happens to be there because she just wanted to get away. She's disgraced. She's living with her parents. But her cohort has found, figured this out, and she goes and figures out that the uh, where the intelligentsia are, what's going on, and all these characters start showing up. Hulk and uh, Titania and and Todd becomes Hulk Todd and and everyone's about to fight and then all of a sudden the show record scratches and it becomes extremely meta, much more meta than it already was, and uh, takes a wild turn. And we'll just we'll leave it at that. Oh, it's it was it was fucking uh, what the fuck crazy different uh, finale of anything I've ever seen. Uh, overall, rugs. Let's start with you. What did you think of uh this uh ending here? They tried, but like I really feel like it wasn't good. <laughs> I understand the effort, and they tried, and like I was, I was on board because I read She Hulk. All right, I read the John Byrne ones. Like, and I when when Dan Slott started writing, I, I went away, and then I came back when he came back. Um, so if you remember in the eighties, John Byrne wrote She-Hulk and he's the one that introduced his wall breaking. All right. Where she, and most of the time it was self reverential to John Byrne. She's like yelling at him all the time. Like, like you did this in alpha flight. We're doing this again where you're like, blah, blah, blah. They, they did this like scene where they walk through like white pages. Like it was a snowstorm. And she's like, oh, you just did that in Alpha Flight. You're doing it in this comic. And she's like talking to him. She's ripping through the cover often, right? Like stepping yeah, right through the cover of the comic. The, she's like, buy my comic book or I'm yeah. going to rip up your X-Men. Like yeah, some great. shit like that. Like there's a comic. The, the biggest one of the biggest wall breaks is that uh, she has a comic book. And then there's an old um, there's an old character that also knows that they're in a comic. And they have a conversation about being in a comic book. And wow. they just they just start walking around in the comic book and re- referring to the writers and themselves and what happens and all the tropes. So they did the TV version of that. 
they kind of did that, but like John Byrne never attacked the reader. It was always him, the writer. Like right. he was the he was the idiot. Like and and the business, like like uh, She Hulk would like would be in these ridiculous outfits that are like she's half naked all the time, and she knew that. Oh, I have to sell this comic book. You know, like it was referential like that, but it was never like looking down at the reader like they're assholes. Yeah. Did you feel talked down to here? No, I didn't because I'm not one of those people. I get laid, so I'm not an incel. Like, um, but uh, <laughs> I have sex on, on a regular basis. But like the point is, um, <laughs> just got to drop that in. There. Yeah. The yeah. Because <laughs> that's what they tell you. Like the reason why you don't like the show is because you've never seen a vagina before. It's not because the show's not good in in certain ways. But I think that there's something called beating a dead horse, right? When you're kind of going back to this thing and if either it works or it doesn't. And I think sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Like the, the a lot of the points that they're trying to make cuz they're not trying to make a show. Like they're not trying to make a congruent show that where things make sense. They're like going after little things and making like Show like the show is not about having a narrative that goes and is clean and tells it like a uh, an arc. They're not doing that. This is a meta show. It's about it's a critique on on uh, on the world, right? Yeah, or on on Marvel, on Marvel, Marvel. yeah, everything, and the, yeah, yeah, and the fans, I guess, and women, But and sometimes they role. really nail it, and sometimes they really are reaching. Sometimes the things just kind of don't work as far, uh, like in the space of being fun. <laughs> And um, sometimes they're funny. There's some funny lines in it. So, like, it's a mixed bag for me. Like, I didn't hate it. I don't hate this show. I just sometimes don't get when they do the fourth wall break and she goes into the studio and she yells at the writers. Yeah. Like, there's not really a real big like they're supposed to be the people and they're writing it bad on purpose. Like, I don't get it. Like, you know, like it was weird. She's, it was just a, it just it, it didn't really like gel for me. Okay. Like you gel? Did it gel for you? Did I mean Anthony? Did it gel for you? I don't. I want to hear what you think. Let me. So let me jump in now. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll say this for the finale. When they did the fourth, when she pauses and it look and they go to the Marvel screen. Yeah, I'm Disney I was Plus. sitting there watching the finale. I went, "Hold, what the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> yes, me too. I sat up and I st- I was going, "Wait a minute, what the fuck is happening?" So I'll give them credit. In that this finale was the first time ever, and it's the only first time ever they've done this in Marvel, so it makes sense that I would react this way. I sat up in my chair and was like, "Okay, what the hell is happening here?" I it really made me go. It made me. I had to watch it twice and go try to catch everything, and it actually made me intrigued about the entire show, and it it perked my interest. It's it was the one of the more it's the most interesting finale they've ever done. In, in terms of Marvel Studios shows. So I, I appreciated the big swing they took there. I appreciated that it was different. I appreciated... There was a lot of little funny aspects. I really enjoyed when she's... He's like... When Ke- Kevin is like, can you please transform into Jennifer? The VFX You're are very, very expensive. expensive. Yes. And they've already started working on stuff and you hear the Wakanda... <laughs> little, the little yeah. note there. There's a lot of little clever things they did where they were talking about it talking right. about shit now as for the series did it save the series for mm, me mm. i don't think it did because it in one sense it doesn't really as rug said there's not the whole theme of the show is jen dealing with 
being Hulk, She-Hulk, and being Jennifer Walters, and right. trying to figure out her identity in being both. And while that is the theme, the through line throughout the show was so meandering that it wasn't really there wasn't a, like a consistent plot that I was really caring about. And maybe because they did a sitcom. But if you're doing a sitcom every week and it's not funny all the time, then it's like, eh, this is not, this is the, not good. The thing that's weird is because, okay, you're doing a comedy. Cool. Like do a comedy, you know, comment on society, comment on, you know, nerds who watch the show that, you know, getting mad and all that. Else. Do it. Absolutely. But don't start like, putting in stuff from Shang-Chi and then not explaining it. Don't introduce a new character like Scar and like just like a, as oh a throwaway. God. Yeah, that was like, weird. That was like weird. it just seems like it's affecting the Marvel universe at at large, but they're just being so like who the fuck gives a shit about it that you're like, "Okay, well, I guess we don't know why Abomination had to go and fight in a fucking ring for no apparent. You're never going to know the answer to that." Like why did Wong get him out? They, you know, they just cut away. We don't want to deal with that. They That's not a, important. Look they got over a racket. Here. They got a racket going on. That's how they make money. I don't know. Well, what's what's so? There's like I have like conflicting thoughts too. On I appreciated the finale in terms of them acknowledging the discourse around Marvel, where it was like, oh, these endings always happen to be yeah, like this. Yeah, I love and, that. And you know, we always have to throw in all these things. Like I liked that they were going okay, we've kind of sucked at these endings. So I, I, I appreciated that. But then the ending she chooses makes sense. But when it plays out on screen, it's just like, oh, they're going to jail. And she just like, she like waves a magic wand and she's like, oh, they're gone. They're going to jail. And it wasn't like th- that when they went back into the 616 universe, yeah. it didn't, it just resolved because she said it resolved. It didn't, it wasn't play, didn't play out in a way that was interesting other than that fourth wall break. If that far, fourth wall break wasn't a crescendo for you, then you felt like kind of like dissatisfied because what they wanted you to think is that this fourth wall break where she acknowledges Kevin, yeah. you know, and uh, it's a computer and uh, she takes control over her own storyline. Oh my God. And, um, gets uh the the ending that she wants that's supposed to be your ending everything else doesn't matter but to a lot of people what happened did matter or 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 the fact that it was resolved like kind of like a plot point like that you just all right let's just uh finish this episode it 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 did i think weakened it it cut it off at the knees a little bit but i don't know some people said that fourth wall break was enough for them and i'm like okay cool whatever but like i felt like you're introducing all this stuff and you're not tying it up and you don't care. And I was supposed to just care about this character, but this character is not likable enough in my opinion or well-rounded enough or even like even the writers, they were switching episodes around. So like even the order of everything didn't really work well and the motivations were weird. So it's hard. It was hard for me to like be satisfied at that point, just because they did something like, that they did in 1980, whatever in the comic books, like I, you know, that wasn't enough for me. Well, Jessica Gao, who wrote the show, has been on record as saying the episodes, you know, the orders got switched. Fihi was really like she fought a lot with Fihi mm. about stuff, and uh, you know, he absolutely, you know, he, she, they had a decent relationship. She said that they were 
he was she was able to bully him on stuff, but like she definitely was open about how things kind of played out and working with Marvel. And it seemed like the show was kind of addressing that. Sean Chandler, who I follow on YouTube, had a good point that kind of encompassed what I felt about the show in that the show was really there was it was obviously a meta show and it crescendos in a meta way. But it's weird that it's meta, but it's the whole point of its meta ness is to kind of troll its audience. That's kind of a weird thing to want to accomplish the show and like make fun of the audience and be like, Mm. you kind of suck. So that I, I overall, I think I liked the ending just because it was so like it literally, I was had to sit up and just it caught my attention. And I, I've, I hadn't had my attention caught by the show other than the first episode in daredevil, but this one caught my attention in a completely different way. So I liked the ending, but as a puzzle piece with the whole puzzle of the show, I still don't think it completes the puzzle of the show. I think it just makes the show really messy. Um, so yeah, I will say though, her CGI in the last episode was fucking fantastic. A That's lot the best better. CGI they've done for the yeah. show. I, I think it's clear. I watched this video today on by Brown Table when Marvel. I think this this ending was super super planned out. This particular episode. So when they have episodes where they've planned out the ending, yeah, planned out the CGI, yeah. it's great. But when they're like writing stuff on the fly, like yeah. the earlier episodes, I think that CGI is pretty now, shitty. Now, can I? I'm gonna throw a conspiracy out there that sounds really fucking crazy. Okay, but I feel like you ever see the movie Wag the Dog? Yeah, with you, Dustin you know, Hoffman. Yeah. You know what Wagging the Dog is, right? Where the media kind of starts. The, me- the media actually guides you into that place, into the narrative of a war so or whatever. How they had this narrative that everybody was gonna hate this show. And then all of a sudden, everybody hated this show. And this meta ending is so perfect because everybody hated it the exact way that we wanted them to hate it. And we get to comment on them now because we get to own them. So I feel like that as not a conspiracy theory. I just I know that it happens. Wagging the dog does happen. So um, it's just interesting if you want to throw that theory out there, just to put it out there. Um like, do you think that there were people like kind of like uh, fanning the flames of this stuff and, you know, amplifying things uh, to make to kind of get this meta thing to work better? I don't know. But uh, it is interesting how the commentary was just so spot on, like the comments. These things were just they use uh, like real YouTube comments and in, in parts, I believe. Like right, but but before the show even was written, like two yeah. months, like yeah, three yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, there was is- I was listening to a podcast where they were kind of praising the genius of the show, and then yeah. they said people they kind of predicted what the discourse was and were writing w- with that in mind, like mm. they already kind of knew what where it was going. Do you don't think that that anybody pushed that stuff out there? It's possible, right? It may, I mean, it, yeah. it, to hit it to hit it on the head. I mean, yeah. it, there were times during the show where I'm like, "How the f- are they writing the show the day before?" Because they're literally commenting on the discourse around the show. Yeah, some of it may have been fed. I mean, th- there was that line when uh, they're at the intelligentsia and the guy's like, "Oh, like Lady Thor, I hate you, whatever, I hate her," and he's like, "But I don't hate her because she's a woman." I would even I would feel the same way if she was a man. It's like, oh my god, they think that's exactly the discourse I like the other around these goes, movies. He's like, why do we need a She-Hulk? It's not like there's a He-Hulk. He says, yeah, yeah. he says that. It's so funny. Yeah. I, but nobody was saying that. Like people who read comics have known of She-Hulk forever. It's like 
I don't know. It's like, who are these people that they're, I don't know. It's just I weird. mean, they're having fun. Like if you're like, if you're like a, if you're like Imran and you're like in your forties and you've read comics, you're like, are you surprised that there's a She-Hulk? Do you have like an opinion on She-Hulk? No, but I look. That's what I'm saying. I, it's ridiculous. I thought it was. Uh, so it, I feel like it's like uh, not as this is real. <laughs> no, it's like, a TV show. Like, yeah, of course, it's, it's a She-Hulk. There's a fucking Batgirl. There's a fucking. There's everything. The Spider Woman. There's like you know. There's always been a female version of it. It's just that how many versions are there now? That is just it just exploded. There's always a counterpart to another. It's like why is that surprising? Why is that like a thing? That people are shocked by. Imran, what's it's your like thoughts weird. on the finale? I thought the fourth wall break was clever. I like how it built up. Well, we to talked the, about it in person. We both agree. We liked. We liked. Yeah. No, I was like, what the fuck is happening? I like the way the plot builds up to this crazy, messy thing. And she's saying what we're all thinking. Like, this can't be None where of these this storylines is going. make any sense. None of this makes sense. Hulk, Hulk <laughs> drops out of space. And then, yeah, I love it. You see the Disney screen. She swings into Marvel assembled. And she's walking around looking for Kevin, and I actually thought we'd get fucking... I was like, is Kevin Feige going to be in this? Holy shit, is they... I, I it would have been better if he was there. Well, I read they wanted to stunt cast Kevin Feige with either like a George Clooney or a John Hamm in a tuxedo. <laughs> I, I didn't mind that it was a robot, but he, he had the Kevin Feige hat, and I love the detail of like the camera lens are RGB. Uh, Kevin standing for Knowledge Enhanced Visual Interconnectivity Nexus and Imran. I like, I like your acronym better. Imran standing for idiotic man rallying around nothing or raving about nothing. <laughs> raving. All of those oh, were. that's a better one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I thought it was clever that she's making this commentary on how all this shit ends the same. And she tells them, my stakes are this. Let's do all of this. It is weird that it, she goes back and everything is resolved neatly in a nice little package. But that's a sitcom. That's what sitcoms do. But the Hulk popping in and being like, here's my son, Scar from Sakar, who's got, that was a, weird. got a ridiculous haircut. I was like, wow, you were just shoehorning some shit in well, there. That was, that was weird because was she... Was that necessary? Because they say, they, they make mention that uh, there was something with the Hulk, and she's like, save that for the movie. Yeah, he's like, no, no, we don't need to do that. Just save it for the movie. He's and like, then they'd still do it. Yeah, they actually did it. Because I think Scar is going to be, sorry to interrupt, Ron, but I think Scar is going to be an important part of Hulk moving forward. Yeah. So to introduce him in this show is 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 a really odd choice. Almost like a throwaway at the end. I, right. There was a couple of good lines where she's like, "And when are we getting the X Men?" And she looks at the camera. Like the camera. Yeah. I got the other line. I love. She goes, "Yes, we do." Bruce smashes buildings. I smash fourth wall and bad endings. And sometimes Matt Murdock. And she winks at the camera. I was like, "That's great." So she's like, "Look, I Todd get rid of the uh, Todd doesn't need the blood. Emil should be held accountable." Daredevil returning would be nice. And then all that stuff just kind of happens. And make and, it happen in the daytime instead of night. Yeah. Oh, yes. Why is this at night? Make it happen in the daytime. Uh, and everything gets resolved. And I feel like we got to we got to hang out with Jen Walters. Like, Tatiana Maslany is great. I do think you get a good uh, feel of who, who she is and, you know, what she's like. You kinda I think she's the there. best part of the show. Yeah, she's I feel like actress. that. She really put herself, uh, her skills to the test here. Like she really, in every single scene that she was in, she and even as She Hulk, she came through. Her chemistry with Charlie Cox is great. I mean, on Orphan Black, she has amazing chemistry with herself playing clones. Like that's not easy. And I had no doubt that she. So I like this Jen Walters. I love, love, love the recreation. 
the faithful recreation of the 80s t- Hulk Luthering no That was cute. That was great yeah. TV show in that the was all, Yeah, that was, that was kind of fun. And it was neat because you got to see, remember before the show started, they're like, could you just cast a large green woman? You kind of got to see what that would look well, like. Yeah, I mean, they were just, they, they were being cartoonish at that point. Yeah, but, but they yeah. had her in the same gamma machine and flipping the car, yeah. like, and the split screen, it was dead on. I and then, fucking the, and then the girl, the painted gigantic woman taking yeah. her spot. Y- yes. Lou Ferrigno style. Yeah, oh. Flipping the car, yeah. Oh, my God. That was fucking great. I love and that And the show. awkward standing on the steps. Yes, just standing there looking. Dude, <laughs> they, that- they knew, they knew, as I said before, they knew this was the ending because that all of that stuff was yeah. super, the CGI was super well rendered. That recreation was super well done. They knew where they were going. I don't think they knew how to get there, but they knew where they were going. A lot of these shots, if you noticed, were in the original trailer that came out for the show. Right. What from this last episode. So clearly, yes, when you can plan it, you have enough time for CGI. I thought it was solidly written. Does it save the whole show? I don't know about that. The middle Did you of like it- the show? Did you overall did you like it? Like did you would you like recommend it to people? Uh overall, I like I told my sister to watch the show because look, I was like it's very Did she like it? Pro she did enjoy the beginning. She hasn't finished it, but I was like it's a female superhero show by women for women. Uh, and I think she had enjoyed a lot of that commentary. And I, you know, I thought I just, it was clever the way they're, they're trolling the trolls with this intelligentsia bit. It's so, maybe it was too meta and too much. I don't in. think it was meta. I just don't think, I think, I don't know. I feel like you're always better off when you can show that you're like, you understand what's going on rather than you're just kind of, Going at it from this one a- very myopic angle. Well, they had a, they had a point of view, and they were going to yeah. Stick they were with just it. kind of going from this one way of thinking, and like like I said, I've introduced a lot of things. Like most got people who read comics their whole lives, these forty year old dudes, they are completely fine with She Hulk. They love She Hulk. Like there's not uh, any surprise going on that there's a She Hulk character and that she breaks the fourth wall. Those are not the people that you're yelling at, but but you are. Does it make well, sense? I think it's it's faithful Rugs, to the comic. Let, let me ask you a quick question: When when the fourth wall break happened, did did it perk your interest, or were you expecting it? I was completely expecting it. I, oh, I, well, wow. well, not like to the level that they did it, but I'm like, this is what the, this is what She Hulk does. Yeah. in the John Byrne comics, he yeah. didn't do it all the time, but like they, they stopped doing it like in the 90s like the 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 wall breaking or in the 2000s they just stopped doing it with her and she just became a regular character and then every once in a while she'd wink at the camera but like i don't know what i haven't read it recently you know dan slot's probably trying to but it's an homage to the burn slot but yeah type but of i things. think they're going after what burn did and and yeah. at the time it was it was um it was completely the tone was different the tone was more reverential to the readers and more against John Byrne. Like, John Byrne was being self-deprecating in, in, in a lot of ways. Like, there's a there's a graphic novel, right, where uh, She-Hulk, it's called Sensational She-Hulk, where they, or She-Hulk has got a boyfriend, Wyatt Wingfoot, and their shield captures them, and they tell her to strip. And so she's like, no, 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 I'll take off my clothes. And she takes off her clothes, and, like, all of the shield agents are, like, drooling as she's getting naked. I'm like, that's what they used to do with Dude, there's a uh, panel of her jump roping nude, I believe, yeah, and in, in one and, of the and, comic books. And in yes. that, and in, in that, uh, when she finally gets naked, she goes, "Do you want me to jump rope?" Because like, oh, John Byrne okay. made her jump rope naked, like <laughs> it previously. So it's like, 
like she was go- going after like the guys creating comics, knowing that like like fourteen year old boys were looking at She Hulk like going popping huge boners because you know th- they made her sexy because she wasn't sexy until John Byrne kind of got got a hold of her. But it's also and, it's no different than like your Deadpool. Like Deadpool does the same shit. Everybody loves it. Yeah, like so I wasn't surprised about a fourth wall break. I was just like very bewildered at like okay, so the like they like she walks into the writers' room, yeah, and says, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" But the writers are not going to really go after themselves. In fact, like when John Byrne was writing She-Hulk, John Byrne was hitting everything out of the park. He was like the man, right? Yeah. None of these writers, nobody knows who they are. They're not, they're, they're not like, they can't take themselves, they can't take the piss out of themselves, right? So they're, they kind of do it, but it's not really, they, they really go after Kevin, right? That's, it's his fault. It was Kevin's right. idea. Yeah. Kevin, yeah so no, not her show. So it's yeah, like, it's, so it's Fai's fault that everything sucks, not the people <laughs> who are writing the show. Well, there was so. a funny line though where Fai, he, Kevin, acronym Kevin, goes, uh, Every project, something along the line of every project we make is near perfect, but some are better than, than others. We let the internet decide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's, I mean, I love that whole aspect where they're like self aware of their movies. Uh, How the endings are. And, and I, I, I did enjoy the CGI thing, that little line which I mentioned earlier yeah. about your experience expensive when they've yeah. already moved on. Yeah. So they, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, you know, they're, I mean, it's, this, the whole VFX thing community really hates Marvel, so for yeah. them to acknowledge it, I don't know if that's the best. I don't know if that makes the VFX community happier mm. that they acknowledged it, but mm. they did. Now, if I invite you to my house for like a six-course meal, yeah, and then as I'm serving you the six-course meal and all, as it's almost done, I tell you that I, it was all frozen and I freaking microwaved it wrong and uh, I, I put the wrong seasoning on it, this whatever. Is instant coffee? Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, like, does that make Thank the dinner God. better or no? <laughs> that I'm aware that it sucked while I was giving it to you. I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, he knows it sucks. Like, you give me that much credit, but I'd rather have a good dinner. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And then, yeah, post credit scene, Wong shows up, busts Emil out again, takes him to Comertage where they have decent Wi-Fi. Well, uh, prior to that, we'll you, we did mention Hulk and Scar, and it looks like Matt Murdock does show up. He's at a family barbecue. Yeah, he's at the bar- kind barbecue. Flirty. Mark Lynn Baker is giving me Larry Appleton vibes in all his line readings as her father. <laughs> it was great. Uh, they, I mean, they have they're so cute together. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. But yeah, the scar thing was like, what? Oh my god! Why does his hair look like that? What happened? Who gave him, <laughs> did Stan Lee from Ragnarok give him this haircut? What is happening? The, the scar <laughs> thing was. I, I mean, that was. I went, what the hell? This finale is just insane. <laughs> so on that note, it look, it it did surprise me. It did do it got people things. talking, right? It got I don't people think, talking. I, I think the this discourse around the show was, and some people really liked it. There was a lot of, it was very angry, right? Some people really liked it. Some people didn't like it. Then there were people that wanted to take it down. This finale, I saw a lot of discourse around. I don't know if everyone liked it, but at least for me, as mentioned earlier, the, Inevitably, I mean, it's they rewrote the book on how they can even do finales with this because it wasn't it wasn't anything they'd even gotten close to doing. It was different. It was was way different. Different. I don't even know if it like it almost feels as if She Hulk is in its own pocket now because 
there's no way you do that and then go to your Black Panther and there's no way Black Panther is talking to Kevin Feige. Like that that just doesn't she's it's its own the thing. Only, mm, she's the only one who I mean, can I guess it's the only it's, I guess they could they're building to potentially with Daredevil him doing that. Not Daredevil, excuse right, me, Deadpool. 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 But so, She-Hulk yes. was the first that yeah. actually did that before yep, uh, yep, Deadpool. Yep. It sounds like there'll be a season two, maybe? So let's talk about Deadpool. Yeah. When Deadpool breaks the fourth wall, what's he really commenting on? I think he's just looking to make a joke. He's making jokes. He's giving you exposition. He's just pointing out like obvious, out truths, things, yeah. obvious things that we all kind of know, whatever. Superhero landing that's painful, you know, shit like yeah. that. Yeah, so, so it's, I think it's a different kind of breaking the fourth wall. But I like when she did it. It was kind of like you were hanging out with her, and uh, you're there, and you're like buddies. And, you know, a lot of times she says what you're thinking. Uh, so Apparently that was the real. All that stuff was filmed on the real spot. Oh, that's the real Disney shit. set. In, in, uh, yeah. So that's the real Kevin's office? <laughs> I don't know if that's Kevin's office. I don't yeah. think it's that's Kevin's office. But that was the real. Those were a lot of the real writers. I think Jessica Gao is in Oh, she's, in, she's probably in there, yeah. Yeah, that's the right. real NDA, you know, all that The shit. NDA thing was funny because I saw some Marvel employees commenting on uh, how true that part of the, the show was. was like, yeah, they make everyone sign the NDA even if you're just walking in for nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, the, like, it's, it's self-aware self-deprecating. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, let's, uh, we're going to give us our final thoughts. I want you to rank it and rate it. Before we do that, listener, check out our T Public shop. I'm going to let you know we got T-shirts, hoodies, merch, cell phone cases, mugs with the Jock and Nerd logo with Ruck Boy's face on it, all at jockandnerd.com slash shop. Get your swag today. Okay, Anthony, overall thoughts on the season. Give me a number and try to rank it amongst the I'm counting eight shows on Disney+. Plus. There is also... Uh, auxiliary, I am Groot and Werewolf by Night, but I feel like yeah, those, are those are their own things. Those are way a little too different. Yeah, it's not like a really series. We have an eight-episode sitcom here. Yeah, I am Groot's a bunch of three-minute shorts, and Werewolf yep. by Night's a fifty-minute special. That's it's tough to rank it with these. Uh, so I'll I'll do it this way: the finale, because it got people talking and it perked me up. Eight out of ten. Oh shit! Okay, the season as a whole. Five and a half. Out oh of 10. shit! <laughs> there <laughs> were maybe fair. three episodes I really liked. The rest, just it wasn't. As I've said, if you're going to do a sitcom and most of it's not that funny, it's just tough for me to really get into it. There were moments where I laughed, but the whole the whole season revolves around being meta on a sitcom and some of the stuff we discussed. So, as far as where I rank it, I'm going to put it second to last. Okay, I still. Really, when I think about Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think that's a really disappointing show with a really kind of shitty finale. Whereas this one is also somewhat of a disappointing show, but has a finale that actually went for something. And I can respect that a little more than Falcon and Winter Soldier, where uh, Sam Wilson is preaching to the audience, telling them about oh, yeah, that's what, what villains are and stuff. Yeah. I don't really know what that was going for. So, And you have... Sam Walker, who's in a villain throughout the entire show, all of a sudden does a face turn. That's weird. John Walker. So, yeah, yeah. She-Hulk is uh, second to last for me, okay. five and a half out of ten. <laughs> okay, Ruggs, how are you going to do this? Um, I don't know. Rate it. <sighs> I, I'm not going to rate the, the last episode. I'm going to rate it as a series. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to – I think I'm going to give it like a, a five. It, it's, it, 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 it passes muster. It's good. 
Um, there are moments where I'm like, wow, this is really good. And um, th- the last episode was kind of cool in th- its brazenness to do the fourth wall break and take it to that level and go to Marvel and go to Kevin. But I think that the overall story was just so terrible and it just was so disjointed and it, and I didn't know what was going on. And there was, it, yes, they did move episodes around. So all that stuff kind of comes into play when you're looking at the construction of the show. So it, that's why I gave it that five. Um, I didn't hate the show. I liked Tatiana Maslany. I, I liked aspects of like, cause she Hulk always had like the shitty characters in it. So they, they brought the frog guy in. Yeah. Mr. All these lame, yeah. All the lame villains. Like she always had, she was always yelling at John Byrne because she had lame villains. Leap in her show. Frog was great. Yeah, so, like, yeah, I liked all that stuff. I think that that was all cool, but, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just all right. I don't know where I'd put it. It's, like, uh, I think uh, a lot of these shows are bad. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, like, I lo- I didn't lose interest in it as much as I lost interest in other shows, but, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's it's kind of, like, like tied fourth for the like the like the one of the worst ones. I don't know. I don't even know how to put it into perspective. Like WandaVision was great. Yeah. Loki was okay. Uh Moon Knight was okay. And all the other ones kind of are like, all right. You know, what if is okay, but like every all the other ones, like Hawkeye yeah. was lame and Falcon Winter Soldier was lame and Miss Marvel was alright in a couple episodes. Oh, you're making Imran cry. Who yeah. I didn't like it. A lot of the new stuff. I mean, so, that's, uh, yeah, his face sure. for his quality is, uh, getting those kind of comments. I think from when I, uh, with just for the audience and for you guys, if you want to listen, once, uh, Wakanda Forever comes out, I'll probably do a Patreon phase four, oh. like report card where we, I look back at everything and go, okay, oh, how did we, this really, we perform? should do that on the show. We could. We do that Maybe. for Patreon. We'll do it on the show. Okay. That's a good idea. With the perspective now of, you yeah. Know, how how it was perceived by the fans too? Like, was it a hit or a miss type thing? Yeah. Okay. Because Phase Four has been in a lot of people have been disappointed. Phase Four, I think, is a is an interesting phase. I think they were they're trying a lot of different shit and seeing what sticks. Yeah, for me, I loved. Look, I loved the first episode of She Hulk. I loved the last two episodes. Uh, that's what the show should have been in the middle. And clearly it gets a little clunky, uh, a little uneven in those middle episodes. Like, did Titania ever work for you as a villain? I don't know what her point was to be, uh, to be even in there. She was underused. Like, your main villain didn't make any, it didn't do anything. You just, like, can't wait for her to leave. They didn't even get to, like, the who, it was confusing. You had the wrecking crew, they're trying to get her blood. You don't know who, it's a website, but they waited for, like, six episodes, seven episodes to get into it, uh, but by not eight and nine or seven and eight, how many episodes were there? Nine, eight and nine, like that's the show. So I really enjoyed those. I feel I'm with you, Anthony. I'll give the final an eight, but overall, ugh, maybe like a six and a half, uh, because it just it's a little it it got uneven and they had, but the the, the cast is great. And let's not forget we have our reintroduction. Of Matt Murdock in this show, so it gets points for that um, because I think yeah, everybody was waiting for that, 
And you got to see some fun uh, other members like uh, Emil and Wong. Uh, it, as a sitcom, it's fun. It could have been written a little bit tighter, but I do understand, like you said, things sound like they got shuffled around. Yeah, I mean, that origin, I think, was supposed to be, there was debate on doing it in episode four. Yeah. There was some the debate on doing it in episode eight. That what? That would be crazy. Why would you wait till the second to last episode? How would you even start this? Just and her. Fahey kind of yeah. nixed that. Yeah, he was the one that wanted to do it. I don't know. We, we heard uh, early on that this was a hot mess, and I we believe did. yeah, we did. They were right. They were right. <laughs> they, I give him props though for the ballsy ending, like just switching things I, it up. Seem, it seems like to me, as far as the hot mess, I think because you can look up any Jessica Gao quote. She, I think she, her and her and Fihe were fighting a lot about this. I think she was trying to do maybe even push it in more ways and Fahey was pushing back on uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. So yeah, there was a lot of, but at the end of the day, this is what came out. So as far as where I would rank it amongst the eight, fuck, I don't know. My tops is like WandaVision, Miss Marvel. I love Loki. I really liked Moon Knight. Then I would put like, what if, and then this is maybe third, second or third from the bottom. Also, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty much where I rank it in the same area. So yeah, somewhere around there. I mean, Werewolf by Night was great, and I feel like the reaction to that we may see. There's a rumor that the Nova series is now going to be special presentation. I think we're going to see them pivot to those more for some of these things. That why not? Because I don't think it's a bad idea. Because some of I mean, like the wedding episode was fun, but like what you know, she got she had to meet Josh, and that led to something, but. There was just some unstructured, some things that were yeah, just inconsequential. I, I think the going to the special presentation format would be a smarter thing. I look at something like Moon Knight. I think that would have worked better as just a one and a half, an hour and a half presentation. Yeah, maybe. You know, I think, I don't know if Miss Marvel, I think Miss Marvel was kind of written poorly, but like Falcon and Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, I think those all could have been hour and a half You could have done Hawkeye as like a movie length, absolutely. Yeah. I think those all work better. I just don't think, I think, as we've talked about before, I don't know that they've figured out, one, their episode length and what's, what, it, what to do with it, and two, when they are working with it, how to even structure it in a way that's not either drawing something out or then going to the finale and completely rushing everything. If you think about like these shows, the one that has like the best through line is WandaVision. Yeah. Right? It's about a person who's created their own reality to deal with stra- the trauma. And this is the fallout of it. Okay. Like, okay. Like it's very, it's very clean. And, and it, it, it was meta in a lot of ways. It went back into old shows. It was creative in its own way. So there's proof that Marvel can pull something like that off. They have the stones to do it. It's just that when it doesn't connect, we, you know, you unfortunately you can't help but notice it when it doesn't when it doesn't quite work Mm. and if you were to say okay this show is about a woman who is a professional that has her life sidelined by getting the power of a hulk it does do that but in a way but i you know it's they they don't they have to resolve it through that fourth wall break you know it's funny in a way wandavision nailed like the modern sitcom Better than better the show than. that they wanted it to be a sitcom. The the only criticism, not to make this a WandaVision critique, but the only criticism I have of WandaVision is I think the finale was pretty lackluster, and the fact that they well they did out- that they, they did that meta 
ending yeah. that they always do. Well, they they do that, and it was they go out of their way. The writers go out of their way to apologize for Wanda, as it, like as if she should be a sympathetic character. Oh, you know, there's a line where uh, Photon, what's her name? No, Monica you don't know what Rambo. she's been through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like you, you'll never, they'll never know what you've sacrificed for them. It's like, bitch. She just had this fucking town under yeah. her spell for two weeks, and she they was, couldn't do anything. She was torturing a whole she, town she, of people. She sacrificed the kids that she made yeah, up. How did, how did they get that wrong? Oh, like, they, how did they, they get wrote that? that so badly. Yeah. So there is like a writing. There is a writing problem. I don't know. I think it's a maybe a writing clashing with like producers problem. I don't know. It's like Marvel trying to do get what they want, but at the same time, these writers trying to do what they want. I think it's. Uh, I read somewhere that when it was less projects, Fahey would be a little bit more over, have a lot more oversight of the writing, and we would nix things that he thought weren't right. But I think with all the, these projects, I think I don't know if he's overseeing every line that's written. He spread I feel too like thin. he's giving in too. He might be, yeah, because there's you. I mean, you're, it's clear to me you're getting a lot of writers, and it's obvious there. I mean, they have a lot of writers in here. I, I can't imagine they're all comic book fans, so they're all kind of doing their own thing and. You lose quality control. Well, I that I think you nailed it right there because uh, I feel like if you have like like someone like John Byrne, right, who wrote She Hulk and was like in his prime of writing, like killing it, like writing and drawing She Hulk. Here you got all of these people who have never written superheroes before or anything like it, and you know that's what Marvel's doing. They're handing this stuff off to these young people, thinking that they can control them. But I think in, in the environment that we have now. You can't you'll get bad press if you don't do you, you know what I mean? Like if you're like treat your workers bad or, or like you're you tell them no one can sit down on the set, you know, all of a sudden that's a story, you know, like you want to get your movie done. But people are sitting around. And you're like, yeah, no one, no chairs for anyone. And then all of a sudden you're Christopher Nolan and people are fucking <laughs> reporting on you for being a fucking crazy slave driver. But like so like, no, don't want bad press. Like they don't want that. They don't need that, like a hole in the head. So they just kind of give in sometimes and just like let them, you know, and then they. I love grind. the hole in the headline. That's an old classic way, yeah. way to speak. I love that. <laughs> need that like a hole in the head. I need that like I need a. <laughs> what? Who needs that? hole in the head. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that you just said that. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> overall, I enjoyed it. Bruce is back. She-Hulk is now in the mix. Daredevil's in. Let's move forward. I don't like the Daredevil costume in, in daylight like either. I don't like this no. yellow fucking no, I don't cool. like the yellow. It looks weird. Should be red. The, Should uh, be all speaking red. of moving forward, I mean, it looks like they did two teases, or it seems like potentially She-Hulk season two. I think that's kind of where it's going, because they were also, they make the joke about, we'll see in the movies. She goes, no, really? And he goes, no. He goes, no. <laughs> it's like, whatever, Kevin. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. But yeah, I think it's... it'll be another. I think they're going to do another season, and I. But I do think she's also probably going to show up in in Avengers in movie. the Avengers or the Secret Wars. Oh yeah, definitely. I think, I think another 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 major MCU character has now. Well, she entered. was also in the Fantastic Four for a bit. Oh, that's right. In the that's Future right. Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things you could do with the She Hulk. Uh, all right, that's enough with the She Hulk. Let's take a break here. Play some promos. We come back. We're gonna switch from Hulks. To like elves and dwarves and orcs and shit right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
I'm Imran. And I'm Sophia. I'm the brother. And I'm the sister. And we are watching a show about cousins. We're your hosts for Dance of Joy, a Perfect Strangers rewatch podcast. We grew up watching the 80s hit sitcom, and now we'd like you to join us every week as we rediscover our love for our favorite TV cousins, Balky and Larry. You can find our show at danceofjoypod.com and on all major podcast platforms. Now we are so happy, Sophia. We do the Dance of Joy. Imran, this is a podcast. They can't see us. Oh, papa. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Listener, if you enjoy the show, consider giving back. Join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! Where you can support the show on a monthly or annual basis and you get fun stuff. There is a tier where you get an exclusive T-shirt. There is a bonus RSS feed with bonus content. Shows come out early. Uh, for our Patreon members, be on the lookout. And to remind you two fuckers, Black Adam Instant Reactions will be posted on our Patreon feed. As, uh, when are you going to see it? Thursday? I'm going to see it Thursday. What, Black Adam? Yeah. I think I'm going to try to see it Friday. Okay. So, Rod, we'll, we'll, we're going to review it next week. We're going to review it, but before the review, you will hear our instant out-of-the-theater reaction always fun just for our patreon members there's also discord benefits you can do join us in our monthly hangout this month is uh thursday october 27th 8 p.m which is next week lots of things to discuss we could talk about black adam we could talk about the house of dragon finale lots of things and there's a you pick a tier where you can force us to watch and review any movie you want all that fun stuff on our patreon sign up now jockander.com slash patreon maybe i'll join maybe i won't Maybe Anthony will be there. Probably not. Talking nerd. All right, let's get into our second TV show finale review. This time it is Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. First season finale. Here are your spoiler alerts. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Anthony spoiled. Oh, that was weird. Anthony just fucking left. Anthony's dipped. I guess he listened to the Captain America. Anthony's he got out. Anthony's <laughs> dipped out of this one because uh, I don't. He doesn't fuck around with elves and dwarves. He, yeah, he doesn't like Lord of the yeah. Rings. Yeah, he'll be back though, listener. Don't worry for news from the nation. In the meantime, Rugs, the most expensive TV show ever produced, has finally yeah. finished its first season. We've we've been talking about this show for the past eight weeks, also. Right, uh, and uh, the finale. Where do you want to start? You want to break it down? We do get a lot of reveals and stuff happens. A reveal? Is it really a reveal if you knew it since the first episode? Well, you did call one of the things we get um, our reveal of. Well, okay. 
You, okay, you had you, this is what the this is what the premise of the show is. It's like, all right, you Galadriel's hunting Sauron. So does she find Sauron? That's the first story thread that they have introduced. Then they also introduce this character that falls from the sky. The stranger. You know who that is. Yeah. And then they introduce this uh this evil that's kind of burrowing under the earth with orcs and stuff. And it's, you know, this evil that's how just sprung forward all of a sudden that they have to now, you know, protect middle earth from and this guy, that about? Adar, who seems to be leading the orcs. Right. So all of those things culminate in, and, uh, throughout the series, not in all the one episode. I think, uh, we figured out Adar's situation two episodes ago. There was a big battle. That that episode is probably still my favorite episode was the battle episode. Let's start with, I'm going to just start with my favorite part of the episode was the reveal, actually, not of Sauron, but of the stranger. So right in the beginning, you see those three white knights and they give you a misdirect and they call him. They tell him that he doesn't remember he is Sauron. And this is right in the open. So, you know, he's not fucking Sauron because they're not revealing that right in the open. Uh, we do find out that scene. What do you think of that scene? That scene where he finally, you know, they hurt the Heartfoots. They hurt Nori. Sadok dies and he grabs her staff and turns them in. He turns them into butterflies and sends their spirit flying. And now. He can talk and he can remember and they call then they realize the knights, you are not Sauron, you are the other, the Istar, which he tells us means wizard in their language. So is this Gandalf or another wizard? Is this too soon for him to be Gandalf? Uh well, you can't say because they're not really sticking to the lore. They're going all over the place with their timings and and all that stuff. Like uh Gandalf doesn't Come until a third age, right? But so, how old is Gandalf? Isn't he like hundreds of years old or some shit? Yeah, well, he could be reborn and stuff like that. But like uh, canonically, he's not there until the third age. No wizards are around until then. But for this show, they need him there, so they just put him in there. So this is the beginning um, of the wizards in in the, right yeah, on the land. Right, a lot of things are done out of sequence. Anyway, the the title of the show is Rings of Power, and. I thought, okay, we, the show is that's what the show is about, and they kind of just squeeze it in in the last episode. Yes, but rings are actually made only three of them, but the rings it's out of order. The, the, those are supposed to be made last. Oh, really? But this is tied into the other big reveal. How did the rings get made? Well, we find out that Halbrand is fucking Sauron. Oh now, shit! You said this when we talked about like the second episode of the show. Right. Right. Because it didn't, it wouldn't be like if, if if the guy from the sky was Sauron, that would be too obvious. You know, they they made this big eye of Sauron when he landed. And I was like, oh, whoa, that's a giveaway or not. But then I think there's like a, there's a moment when they're on the raft and you could look into the water and you see Sauron's silhouette reflection. Yeah. When he goes back into her memories to talk to her and he's her brother at one point. Yeah. So it's definitely, definitely a giveaway. Uh, it's interesting. He, I, I saw uh, some uh, Easter eggs on uh, that the speech that he 
gives Galadriel is the speech she kind of eventually gives Frodo when Frodo asks her to take the ring. Like, it's kind of the same thing. Which, that was kind of cool connection. But here's the thing about Halbrand. This is the dude that she that found her in the water on a raft and we thought was a metallurgist. They have sexual chemistry. They're into each other. He kind of encourages that dude Celebrimbor to make these rings. He tricks the elves into making Celebrimbor yeah. making these rings. You know, Adar told Galadriel that he did kill Sauron. So does this mean like his essence was reborn into this guy? He's a shapeshifter. He's just like those knights, those three white knights were, right? They were doing, that was kind of cool, yeah. the shapeshifting. Here's my question. Galadriel's been hunting Sauron this whole time. He has been her beside her this whole time. Does this make her look like a dummy? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, ultimately? Yes. She how how did she not sense that this is the fucking guy? Well, she saved his fucking life. According to uh, you know the lore, you know he does. He's a shapeshifter, and he does kind of uh, hang out with the elves in kind of unseen. But they made the fact that they made Gladriel like the hunter of Sauron. It makes it worse. If they, she was just not hunting for him in the first place. It would be it would be way, way better because yeah it does make her look like an idiot like that she's looking everywhere for Sauron and spilling him the whole time and never questioned it. Um, I do like how all. he thinks he's like trying to save uh, Middle Earth and everybody in his own way again. You know he's but they don't make that clear why. Yeah, they don't uh, at all. So uh, Adar had a couple of thoughts on what the hell was going on with Middle Earth and why he wanted to. He's like, he's trying to, he's got his phone people that he's trying to uh, let them have their time. He's got the orc. Yeah, and Mordor is now a place in a thing. Uh, and, you know, you see that shot of him heading to Mordor so, at the end. Overall. Yes. Do you find that this has memorable characters and, and uh, gripping story and... Uh, or even heroic characters that are really heroic and like that that really like uh, cut cut themselves a new path or a new uh, their own space in the pantheon of all these different characters that we love. So that's a good question. And my you know my overall thought was was this worth a billion dollars at the end of the day? I don't know. I it. It meandered a lot. The whole season seemed to be just set up for where everybody wanted to get to and knew it was going to get to. Um, I did enjoy, I think some of my favorite parts was the stranger with the heartfoots and the dwarves, which were completely missing. Like that dude and his wife were badass last episode. Uh, I, they, they were, I don't know what they were doing this episode. Like we didn't get to find out about them. Yeah, it felt uneven. It just it felt like they were just left some things dangling and, you know, whatever. Not even dangling. It's just that, yeah, it just it, it felt like this is not the, the end of the season. It felt like there was, you need another couple episodes. Well, and so ultimately. It felt like a penultimate episode. <laughs> well, where there's a long wait. Like, I don't think that season two is going to come out for like two years. So there's going to be a long time to wait. I don't know. It's like, I don't want to hate on this show because it's not terrible. It's not. No, the, it's co just, the costumes are amazing. The performances I, are really good. I just think it's irrelevant and not doing what it's supposed to do 
It's like all it's like it spent so much time just spinning its wheels. Yeah. And just kind of, hey, we got to get everybody on the boat. And then like it's like, okay, like they they go at a snail's pace for like five episodes. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one episode, they cross the ocean, get into a war. Fucking a volcano blows up, creates Mordor all in one episode. And then in the next episode, you find out who Sauron is. You find out who Gandalf is, and they or make whatever the rings, and they make All the rings. It's just okay. So you're you're moving at a snail's pace this whole time, and you're just it's like it's uneven. And then you get the rushed ending that we've seen. They should have spread it. They they should have paced it out. What more. happened to Isildur? We know he's not dead. Uh, and uh, they're making you think he's dead. He can't be dead. Gladriel's married, and they mention that, and then they like never like acknowledge it. I mean, you're supposed to be married with kids, I think, at this point. I still think, look, Amazon had a lot writing on this. I still think the discussion overall is House of Dragon has it more. Before I started watching this, I was like, look, it's got to hook me. It's got to, I got to connect with it. And I, I feel like I bare, I barely did. I didn't really connect with too many of the characters. I, 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 I watched it because I really love, you know, the Lord of the Rings. And I like, um, fantasy so that's my type of shit yeah and i like big budget shows that like spend money on fucking shit but we've already had like four or five big dragon sequences in game of thrones yeah and we literally have like nothing going on in this like that's i mean other than like environments and like orcs i don't know yeah where were all the creatures some wolves we had oh there were wolves and then yeah he blasted them away yeah uh, that's about it so like in terms of like money yeah we had like Numenor was fucking is fantastic to look at it's a it's a marvel the underground mines from the dwarves is fucking incredible uh the elvish beautiful. the the elf lands are good and the, the sets are good but so you, you can't just watch a show because it looks good but that was one of the reasons I watched it is because it looks great I've seen a lot of people say the original Peter Jackson movies had a little more like heart and character in them and a little more like hero making. But but look at it. It's like, okay, the Lord of the Rings, the whole story revolves around this little fucking hobbit that is so pure that he can hold the ring and while it corrupts him slowly and he's got to take it to this place and to avoid getting killed. He needs a fucking team of people to help keep him alive so he can just do this one thing. Take this ring that no one else can hold, otherwise they'll turn fucking evil and bring it to the Mount Doom to be melted. And that's a simple story. There's no, like, uh, reveals. Is there big reveals in Lord of the Rings? Not really. There's, like, in the two towers, there's, like, a little bit of intrigue here and there. But, like, for the most part, it's that's the direct through line. And he's not like a he can do everything awesome hero. He's not like this unstoppable, you know, knows how to do everything. You know, he's not he's not like this kind of perfect character. He's he's weak. He's 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 pure of heart and he's 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 naive. And he trusts people. He he trusts Gollum, okay? Right. So like you have this one the main character is like this character that you you feel protective of, 
you don't want him to die and you feel like that it's insurmountable what this person so does. I felt like that about Nori Hart, the Hartfoot Nori. That's like kind of the only one really. But that's not her through line isn't really that that yeah. that dire. No. It's just that oh she meets a guy. Yeah, and she believes that in him. fell from and and she just wants to help him. And not knowing anything about him. So it's like that's not as heroic of a story. She just kind of we're just kind of like following through her eyes, which is fine, but it's not as compelling, right? So the main hero of the story is Galadriel, who's looking for Sauron, who's right there the whole time. Yes, he's next to you. He's been next to you the whole time. <laughs> I believe if you go back, there's clues to this, uh, and uh, they probably did lay the trail well. What I think it suffers from partly is there just may have been too many fucking characters, and it was going too many different ways, and it was kind of hard to follow at times. Maybe they could have focused. It does focus itself at towards the end. Right. Uh, but the, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of names. I think Lord of the Rings has a lot of characters too. It does. And, it does. and it's, some people are not as interested. In, I'm not interested in the other, the other uh, hobbits uh, as much as I am with Frodo and Gollum. And they're like kind of back and forth. Like, I don't need to see all those people going through those little adventures either, but so I mean that's just like a thing when you have with Tolkien like with all these different characters, but um, they didn't need to do that because they're not going off the books. Do you think this so, is faithful to a Tol- Tolkien? No, mm. in a way it is because the, the, the general idea is okay. The general idea, the most if you can just take away everything, at some point Sauron creates the Rings of Power. Uh, through influence, or or it somehow has a hand in it, you know, and the humans get the rings, and he's able to control their will with that, and he makes the one ring, and the elves make the rings the at at the very end, and they, you know, those rings aren't as they don't have the ability to control the elves, well, so they take them off and they start the revolution. Right, these three rings are actually different than right the other ones, right? Yeah, they're made last. Yeah. Oh, they're so, supposed to be made last. The gold, the other one's supposed to be made. Yeah, because like what happens is the dwarves, they get greedy, right? And they start digging and they break, wake up the Balrog. Oh, because they want the and then this one, And this one, they wake up the Balrog because a feather or a leaf goes in there and that wakes up the Balrog. Yeah, what was that? You, they give you that little shot at the end and then that was it. Yeah. So anyhow, it just, they do things, but they do them like... Yeah, like Gladriel has a husband and probably kids. I'm not sure about that, but like they never mention that at all. You know, like, uh, you know, she's never a warrior in any of Tolkien's things. So like they 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 push the character in different directions, which is fine. It's just like. All right, but now you're like not even acknowledging the character at all. Like, okay, you're taking this character, but you're like you're just trimming off everything that you want. You're like kind of like. You're you're creating a new character from a, a character that exists. It's just weird when you do that. And then you you pretend to kill off a character that we know is going to be alive, a Sildor, right? Yeah. So Sildor is not dead. Uh, all right. I mean, it was a fun ride, and uh, I don't hate I, it. No, and I appreciated. I liked it more than She Hulk. The visuals. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's get there. Let's rate it. What would you give a billion dollar show? What would you give it? I would give it a 6.5. Okay. Yeah, I was going to go. I mean, it's all right. I'll give it a 7. Uh, it's definitely, you know, 
The money is there. I mean, if you're spending this kind of money, you should be hitting an eight or a nine. Yeah, that's what I feel. I just wish I could have used a little more connection with some of the characters. Like the the Hellbrand twist works if you like never seen uh if you've never anything? seen if you've never seen anything. Yes. It you know, it just I don't know, it just didn't it didn't grab me like I wanted it to, like House of Dragon is doing for some reason. But like cause you never really feel the impending doom no, that no. Lord of the Rings has. Yeah. Like, okay, why is Sauron doing this? Is there even a reason? Like, is he just wants power and you know, it's like the the war is over. Like, what's the point? Like, I don't understand. Like, this they don't even make an attempt to even a, in any way. I don't know. I mean, I'll admit the lore, the Lord of the Rings lore, gets a little too dense for me sometimes, and my eyes glaze over when I hear and read these names and things. So it's a bias. Yeah, it's it, it's it's very it's very stacked. Okay, yeah. it's. It, but it's got a lot of things that, that they, they, it was well thought out. So, um, these things were thought out really well. I mean, clearly, Tolkien, you know, has influenced so many things, and we wouldn't have a Game of Thrones if, if it wasn't for the Lord of the Rings. But, uh, yeah. Now we know what the most expensive TV show should look like. <laughs> it's a seven out of 10. All right. Let's do some news from the nation. Listener Anthony's going to be back right now. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. (laughs) It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Short and sweet. Okay, shifting back to She-Hulk, we got a couple of comments from our listeners uh, about the She-Hulk finale. Andy Hun, who is uh, one of the members of Mostly Superheroes podcast, simply posted a Home Alone gif of the mom with the caption, Kevin! You have to read it like that, right? Kevin! Uh, Very good. I like that. I like the Home Alone reference. Uh, Daryl K said, that recreation of the 80s Hulk show intro, 11 out of 10, as a fan of the Burn and Slot comics, this one was for us. Everyone else might hate it. That's accurate, right, Rugs? <laughs> well, the burn, the burn stuff was good, but it wasn't really burnish. Not really burnish. It was more slottish. It was more damn <laughs> slottish. Never say that name around it's here. It's definitely more slot. Uh, William Salgado says, "At first, I was like, what the fuck are we watching?' Skip forward all the way till she mentions the X Men and loved it. I fucking loved it. It just takes that. Yeah, that's so all it takes. The X-Men. Just, yeah, all you gotta say is X Men. When we get the X Men, yeah. Rick Martinez says that's the way they decided to introduce Scar, Major Floppy Jock. Floppy, I agree. Yeah, that was awkward. That's weird. I did not expect that, but unpredictable. But I did not expect that." And then Blake Braden just said, I don't even know. So it left some people confused and stunned. But like Anthony, I sat up in my chair going, what the fuck are we watching? This is crazy. You have my attention. Uh, and then people started posting their rankings of the Wanda, of the Marvel TV Plus shows. I'm not going to read all the rankings, but I will mention that out of eight, She-Hulk falls around five or six or uh, five. So it's nobody's favorite uh, and Falcon and Winter Soldier is always at the bottom too. So a lot of people share the same. <laughs> I think that show. I kind of want to rewatch it because I feel like there's some dope shit in there that like uh, there's a couple cool action scenes. Yeah, 
But it does, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why it lands on the bottom of a lot of people's lists. Anyways, let's finish up with some what are we watching. More spoiler alert here. Spoiler alert. Because some of these shows we've been watching have ended. Some shows are still continuing, like Andor. Uh, we are in the middle. Episode 6 just aired. It was the heist. Rugs, you said you are not caught up on this. No, wait, wait. So the heist happens. The heist and happened. They- and they have the, they get away. Yes, it and, actually goes. And the dude, the dude gets hit with the, with the. Yes, you watched it with the debris, and he die, he dies. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, the kid. Yeah, the kid yeah. who was like uh, giving him the giving him the, the coordinates and shit. Yeah, the coordinates. Yeah. The thing slams into him. Yeah, I. You know what? I you did watch it, and uh, I really thought I was really uh, pleased with this heist. It was tense it was exciting and i was like holy shit they pulled it off you knew not everybody was gonna make it out of their alive and only two of them do anthony what'd you think of this being the non-star wars guy it's a damn good episode right uh, it was good it was pretty good i mean it what first off it was beautifully shot yeah the right with uh with with the, the them going through the storm the and i yeah. There was this, there was even a quick shot of the of the tie fighters where they're getting like reared up and it's yep. it just the show, what I what I like about the show and what I dislike about Star Wars in general, is that Star Wars always just kind of has this goofy kitty tone to me, yeah, yeah, where I just can't take anything seriously because they're just it's not even jokes; it's just like happy go lucky type shit, You're right? Whereas this tone of this show is just it 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 treats everything very seriously and and it's filmed very well and there's no. Like there's funny stuff, but it's be- funny because of just the how the characters are. It's not trying to be funny. It's trying to tell a story. And and, and rugs, you mentioned this when we reviewed the first episode, but we actually see the empire being kind of shitty. Like that guy's being super fucking racist about those guys. Yeah, the, the, the guy that the guy with the beard that that's dies of a heart attack. You know, he's talking about how the Dani Dahanis have basically no mental capacity to yeah, do anything. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. it's like. They're actually doing real shit, and and you go, okay, why? That's exactly why I would hate the umpire. And for the first time, they actually hit people when they shoot. Yeah, like yeah, people, people are getting, getting shot. People are getting people killed. Are, I mean, yeah, surprising. Yeah. That makes out you of feel nowhere. like, hey, these bad guys can actually fuck shit up. I mean, yeah, I, like, I've verbally said, oh shit, oh shit, when after the heist was done, and he's talking to that dude, uh, who by the way is in the bear. He's great in the bear, and the guy's like. How about me and you just leave? We'll split the credits. And he instantly just shoots him dead. I was like, oh, fuck. Holy shit. Okay. Well, just a bunch of, I mean, the, a lot of those characters, I knew you, we probably knew they weren't going to live, but, you know, the the guy with the stash, he dies and, yeah. and the, the nice, the kid dies. And I mean, he dies in a way where I, when the, the shit smashes him, I, I literally went, oh, fuck. Yes. Like, you know, the way it's just, it's not filmed in a way that's cheesy. It make it's, everything is, there's it's fil- you know this is star wars so at the end of the day it's fantasy but everything's filmed real like it feels real you see that alien with four arms that kind of looks like maz Kanata working on him but it doesn't yeah. like take you out of it right it's still very grounded uh i love how the plan almost goes perfectly except they start to hear them and everything gets fucked up and it's just well, yeah the, it was but, thrilling. But the, like even the plan stuff where the girl who's been in charge every of the whole thing when she's supposed to kind of execute the plan, she freezes and yeah, stuff. Like was, it all yeah. feels real. Like yeah. it just, it feels like war. Yep. 
It is. There's uh, uh, stakes. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I didn't think they had that in them, and I, especially for a show that. I mean, I don't like Star Wars, but who the fuck wanted an Andor show? Right. Nobody. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's. I don't think it's Andor the character that we're no. drawn to. It's the tone. That's everything. And it's it. and it's how well it's executed and it's well directed and the sound design's great and. There is this heist that could be any heist movie. It yep. could really be any space heist yep. movie, and it would work. So the fact that in Star Wars is just a skin that they put on this. Yeah, you're right. That's that's a good that's a good point. So when you have a good when you have a good heist, it's a good heist. When you got shady characters you can't trust that are in the gray area, there's no like good versus evil. There's like I mean, there's definitely evil here, but like, there's definitely gray characters. There's definitely characters who have done shit that that are willing to stab people in the back. And well, on that gray note too, like that guy that's being super racist, right? But he's got a family, and then you got the heroes putting guns to their son. So it's like everyone's acting in there. No one's just completely good or bad. Like everyone's acting in different ways to as an ends to a means. I mean, you've got a kid with a fucking gun to his head and being tied up. And that's, yeah, his, that, that's the son of the guy that you're supposed to hate. Th- yeah. Yeah. And I love how she was like, look, we get what we want or we all die. It's simple as that. She put it in like uh, the fucking them flying through the the space rocks. Oh, that was amazing. Was great. I was sad that the former stormtrooper guy died. But then at the end, he shoots the guy and there's two of them left. Uh, and then where does it leave us? He's 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 about to take off. He's like, I'm taking the ship. We'll split this. And she gives him the kid's manifesto. So at this point, Cassian, he's still a thief. He's still looking out for himself. And I think maybe now there's a time jump. Now that this arc's over, he reads the manifesto and he then he gets into it. And then I even love the last shot of Luth- Lutheran just hearing it on the news and just laughing like he doesn't know what happens, but he knows they did it. And. Everybody was evacuating, I guess. The news got around real quick that there was right. a, a big attack. Uh, but fuck, I was uh, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, that was fucking great. Yeah, That's pretty a, badass. They did a really good job. That's one of the best episodes Star Wars has ever done. Yeah, that's we're only halfway through the season. Uh, it it kind of shows, too, as a non-Star Wars fan, as I always say, as long as it's a good story, because Mandalorian is kind of goofy. But this is like completely different tone than that. But as long as they have a good story and they can do things, it's just when they green light shit before they even have any sort of story, sort of story like uh, fucking Boba Fett, that's when you run into shit. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm going to make an allegory. It's basically, you know, like there's a time when a comedian is really funny. Like they're, they're, they're hitting into something and they, they connect to the audience, but then they get older and they get out of touch, but then they just show up and they do their jokes and they're not funny anymore, but people still show up to see them. Yeah. That's what Star Wars is. Right. It's like people are showing up to see the comedian of that time and like when they were fucking hitting it. Not like that's what's going on. People are just see, they're showing up to see these things like this property. They're not showing up to see what's actually happening. And Andor kind of like it, it, it throws all that away because it's like. The guy's not interested in telling a Star Wars story. Yeah, he's, he's interested yeah. in telling a heist story. Yeah, and you know, it, and that works. That's just—it's that simple. If you if you revolve something around a story that, like, there's no like, uh, you know, who there's no like who's this or no mystery. It's just like, 
Are they going to do it? Is it going to happen? What's going to happen next? That's it. Yeah, that's how you feel when you're watching. Does he make it out thing. of this? Yeah, who's going to survive? That's it. Uh, and I love that moment where he just, the guy's like, aren't you thankful for this? And he goes, do I look thankful to you? He just walks away. Great character. Diego Luna's doing a good job. Uh, fucking, yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, kind of on the level of, let's talk about the next TV show. Maybe getting there. House of Dragon. We are on episode nine. More spoiler alerts. Spoiler alert. Uh, the peen ultimate of the season. So next week we will review the finale and Black Adam. Strap in for that one. Holy shit, another great episode. Who wants to start this one? We got fetishes. We got family. We got fire. We got dragons. Oh, my God. We got that weirdo who's fucking Lyris loves to jerk off to Allison's oh feet. And it looks- and she and she's again. She like does let like, uh, I guess. No, this is an yeah. agreement. There appears to be an yeah. agreement they've had. Yeah, it's like they, an agreement that they have done it before. I don't think that was the first time. That that's happened. Well, she was doing it. She was taking her socks yeah, off. I was she like, was, what is happening? Is he jerking off? What the fuck? That was crazy. But aside the rules from, is yeah. I can't see you do it. I got to be facing away from you. But aside from that, Anthony, how do you feel about they they crowned a new king? This little fucking spoiled brat who doesn't even want it. And a lot of the episode was them looking for a god. Yeah, I thought I thought this was another damn good episode. I, I liked the. How then now the kind of the high towers were kind of fighting each other. Yes, now there's infighting there. And Aegon doesn't want, I thought Aegon not wanting it is a nice little twist. I don't like that, you know, that, as I said last week, I don't like that it, it, this is all spurred because of Alicent misunderstanding. But that being said, this is still H- fun. Yeah, there, there is there is a really weird incongruent thing happening. I don't, I don't want to see why they're just buying it. Like, come on. Because, like, come on. okay, so the night before this happens, the king makes a point to interrupt the thing, yeah. make sure his daughter's got the throne, yes. then has a dinner and says, I want everyone to put this past it. This is what I want to do. This is done. And, and no one questions it. Like, those two gigantic efforts, like, he had to, like, get out of bed and fucking crawl his way to the fucking to the throne to fucking save his daughter. And then he's going to throw it all that way that night. Like, he's like, oh, I made a mistake. And people, Well, not everyone's buying it, as we saw. And like right at the beginning, they're at the council. The treasury guy's like, I don't buy this. And Sir Kristen Cole just smashes his head on the table and kills yeah. him right there. I, I think it like, would have. Oh. I think it would have been better. They already kind of planted the seeds in this episode, but I think it would have been better if they would have written a way where. Alicent is forced into crowning Aegon because they even allude to it in the council meeting. They go, she's a surprise when she finds out that the court has already been planning this yeah. behind her back. Yeah. I think that would have been the better just go on that angle that they've always been wanting to do this because of the good of the realm. And she just kind of gets coerced into having to do it. But that being said, Still a fucking great episode. Aegon not wanting it and then getting on the throne and being like, I kind of like this. And Aemond thinking he deserves it and fucking Reyna and the, and the dragon. And right, just, yeah. there's so many, their chess pieces are all in place. And yes, I fucking can't wait to see the dance. Of I don't know why she the, didn't take them all out. The, she could have taken them. Okay, all out that was shot. an amazing moment. You have Reyna's trying to escape and she sees where she's trying to get to the dragon pit and she sees where the crowd has taken her. And she's like, this is going to work. And I forgot, I didn't even, th- I thought it was, when the dragon busted in, I thought it was going to be either Damon or Renera going, what the shit is happening here? Because you don't see them. They're fucked off the Dragonstone. They don't even know that Viserys died, that any of this is happening. 
that was interesting. I also thought it was interesting. The crowd is really happy with Aegon. So they probably would not have liked it if Rhaenyra took the throne. I think King's Landing would have revolted because they clearly uh they loved this this young boy king taking the fucking crown well and the the there but there's the things where like the sir eric both see oh, where eric Aegon's been eric. hanging out yeah and they uh, see that he's been hanging in a freaking dark fight pit with children and he's been f- bastard children leaving them there and they're just like there's no way this guy can run there's a, be chi- the a child fight club but that he is uh, he is watching has a spawn in there spawning kids in there yeah to fucking fight and they're like how old are they they're like probably 10 they shave down their teeth and make them grow their nails to be more effective i was like what the fuck so and then you had white worm what is that accent that she has i don't it's know it's like it's it's wrong it's not right <laughs> she's from a different part. Part. i think that's she's her from, real accent that's she's from, <laughs> no it's not she's from, she's from a different no. part of westeros Anyway, she she's harboring Aegon and then gives him up uh, for the fake promise that he's going to do something about the Fight Club, which you know he's not going to do shit. Uh, but that was all interesting. Yes, and the dragon comes in. In that moment, I was like, "Oh, she's going to fucking Dracarys them," and they were they they were bracing themselves for that. And so, what was what was what was the message she was giving there? Don't fuck with me. Well, yeah, that, and she's going to fucking go tell. Oh yeah, like, she's this, gonna go this tell, isn't going to go peacefully. Like right. you're not going to. I'm not. You don't have my support. I think she doesn't Dracarys them because I think she respects Allison in a way. Yeah, yeah. And Allison, you notice she stands in front of her son. Yeah. And shields him from it. Yeah. Like even though that's not going to do anything. Yeah. She's even though she's kind of powerless, but also has a lot of power. She's still willing to take the bullet for her son. Well, like she. This is the thing with uh, what's her name, Rainus. Rainus, yeah. yeah. Rainus Valerian. She she got passed over. Yep. To be a ruler. Yeah. And she knows that's just the way shit is, but she sees a glimmer because the king has declared, you know, Rhaenyra to be the queen or the king or whatever you want to call it. That, okay, maybe I wasn't able to do it, but some, sometime at some point, a woman is going to lead. And that's what she really wants. See, I, I see it a little differently. I don't think that's completely, I think that that's potentially right. I see it as just she is so bound by if the guy if she's bound by tradition so if they say it's right then so if Viserys said that Rhaenyra is the next queen then even if she disagrees with it that's who the next queen is or if um that can be true too or if that's like not- remember her husband when she makes the appeal that it's not our blood but if her husband was like I disagree it's all that matters is the name she's like well it's not our blood but that's what he says. I have to follow that. So I think she's very. She's a bound. woman of tradition. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, and not like tradition in that a woman can't be there. A tradition in that whoever, whatever the line of succession is, is the line of succession. Well, and she tries to get Allison to think about sitting on the throne too. She's like, "Haven't you ever thought?" I do love the fact that Allison, like, she thinks she's in control, but she's still trapped between all these men, kind of yeah. using her using and having her. to do what they tell her. You know, between her father, her husband, her son. Uh, she's she's still really a pawn and has no complete agency. I'm, I'm team Allison, are just you? by herself. I don't like by her herself. team with her. No, because I like now her, they're. I, I, but I, I want to be. On, I'm on the other side as far as like who I'm rooting for. But I like. I still like Team Alice. I still like Allison. I'm fucking Team Damon and Renera because I was waiting for them to bust in, going, "Hold on, what the fuck is going on here?" This is so. Renera is going to tell them. Rainus is going to tell them, and they're not going to be happy. Well, the, the writers have 
have set it up so that you're rooting for those two. Okay. See the in the books, Allison's like supposed to be the pretty one, and Rhaenyra was supposed to be like she was pretty at one point, but oh. now that she's cranking out kids, she gets fatter and oh, fatter. And interesting. It starts to show her age. So there's like a kind of a uh, th- there's kind of that thing going on between them, and uh, it's just weird. So like. They, 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 yeah, like the people don't like Renera. Like everybody's like, "I'll get this fucking bitch out of here." Yeah, nobody wants likes her. Like nobody wants her. She's not. She doesn't like reflect well. Mm. So, um, oh, they, but, yeah, uh, so they they went out of their way to also make her physically unappealing, so that the 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 King's Land the people would be like, "Uh, yeah, <laughs> not even hot." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that they all of that stuff plays a part. You right, know, who's right. the fairest and blah blah Allison blah. Allison has the hotter feet. That's for sure. Yeah, we know oh, that yeah. much. Uh, but no, I even love when Eamon was like, he, he doesn't say it. He's about to say I should be king. And he's just pissed at his little, pot, that little fucking shit. Like, he's such a little shit. A, a God. All right. So let's, let's do, uh, odds, uh, Rhaenyra getting the throne. What do you got? Oh, that's, that's not happening. No, not going to happen. Imran. I mean, she would have to, burn I have, I'm not saying down. that from, I'm not saying that from knowing anything. I'm just saying, saying it how it's playing out. Uh, she would have to kill them. She would have to burn down Allison and the and kid, innocent kids and and Otto Hightower. I don't know. I uh, I don't, no chance. I don't think there's any. Chance. I don't think there's any chance. Not even because of that. I think it's just because the the people don't want that. No, they like now that Aegon is. There, there's there. a small segment of people that are you know loyal to what they pro- proclaim for Viserys, but there's enough people that either don't want it or don't want to rock the boat enough to even do it. It's just Game of Thrones. It's like what you what's supposed to happen doesn't happen. Well, you yeah, know, da- Damon is going to do some fucked up shit. Like I can't wait to see what what he pulls out. Well, that, did happens? you see the preview for the next episode? No. No. What happens? No. They didn't show. I mean, it's it's just literally like it's war. Like yeah. they Reyna sh- tells them, and there's a shot of the kids being like, "Send us in," like uh, Rhaenyra's kids. Like, oh, send shit. us in. We'll fucking. Fight. I think Rhaenyra Damon have. I think the bastards are done. Oh really? Yeah, they might be done. The, ba- yeah. the bastards get wiped up, but they don't. We don't need them anymore. Renera has more well, if dragons. If we're taking context clues from Game of Thrones, I'm not not the what Joffrey said. Yeah, but you you got to imagine the Valerians are gone because we never saw the Valerians in Game of Thrones. That's true. They got probably wiped out in this whole fucking thing. Oh, that's right. Oh, a Driftmark gets fucking burnt down. Yeah, because they're on the what other about side. Corliss? Does he survive? You don't even know if he's dead or alive. Oh yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't. We don't know even we, know if he's back. Right. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. I think I amazing. think Corliss is Corliss is gonna come back. That's what Corliss I said is, last week. I was like, Corliss Valerian still alive. There, there's another season left, obviously. But do you think they stick the landing with this next episode? Uh, first of all, I heard there may be like four seasons was the plan. Of this. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. How they but they've like ran through like thirty years. In well, one but in four seasons, they're going to get up to Game of Thrones, and it's oh, just going to be oh, like this progression. Well, now it's the dance of the dragon yeah. starts, yeah. Yeah. which is actually the death of the dragon. So all of the Targaryens die in this. But then the Mad King, when does he? That's not for like hundreds of years, still, right? Hundred eighty something years. Yeah, away. Uh, a right. So, think they got this? You think these writers got the juice? I, so far, they have been. I think they've been doing really good. I think they they saw what happens with the Game of Thrones season ending, and they they don't want to do that. This story is very small, yeah. and very yep. toy, yeah, it's very tight, <laughs> yeah. Toit. 
So it's not sprawling, you know, it's not this sprawling thing. There's not a lot of magic involved yet. It's kind of, it's very, it's very much like, okay, it's, you got a couple of dragons in this mix. You got people who hate each other. You got a guy who likes to jerk off the feet <laughs> and, and you, and that, and you got the white worm. I don't know what, the, what, what her deal is. If she does magic or not. I don't know at this point, but it's very, very small. And it, if they can keep, that means they can control it better. If it gets unwieldy and they have all these story arcs, they got to close and they got to go back and forth and you can't concentrate on the characters you want. Cause think about it. This episode, no, no Rainera, no, no, no Damon. Right. No Corleys, yeah. no anything, no any, none of those guys. Just, just uh, Rainies or whatever. That's it. Yeah. That's all we got from the other side. Yeah. So the other side is going to have to come, come in guns blazing. So, yeah. There's so they've they're juggling all these different things around, and they had those the brothers. They were going to fight. I thought one of them was going to die, the, but the twins. Yeah. I, if you think about it, it has been just eight episodes of them talking about what's going to happen when the king dies. Who takes the throne when the king dies? Like every episode has been just that, right? There really hasn't been anything else. That's been the through line and the main emphasis of the season. And so mm-hmm. they better give us some kind of someone's going to be sitting on that throne by the end of the next episode. We'll Somebody see. is on the throne already. Well, no, there's, I think as soon as they get on the throne, they're going to get killed. Yeah. Or that. <laughs> it's like it's like musical chairs. Yeah. It's it's definitely uh, I'm excited. Show. Yeah, like you're good. now you now you're like how many episodes in and you're like oh now it's just starting to get really good, right? But we've already been on a couple of rides already. Yeah, now they've been nailing it. I can't wait next week. So next week we all have Black Adam, House of the Dragon, finale, wow. two big things ending, two big reviews. Uh, all right. I well, this week has basically been the end of a of a. A stretch here of just yep. crazy fandom television. You've had power, Rings of Power. Yep. You've had She Hulk. You've had House of the Dragon. You had Andor all going yep. at the same time. All, I mean, those are yeah. four of the biggest properties. You know, not not the individual shows, but they're they're representing the biggest, some of the biggest properties in fandom today. Actually, I mean, it's been heaven for if you love fantasy, sci fi genre stuff. Like, it's amazing that these things were concurrent. It was almost overwhelming. Um, crazy but the the timing of this is going to be uh has been crazy so but it's been a lot of fun it's oh, by the been way, a lot of fun yeah i started edge runners oh cyberpunk. i just i just finished uh cyberpunk edge runners it's good it's i watched crazy. the first couple episodes What'd you think? it's pr- pretty fucking cool right it's cool like the way they are in the game uh and the little nods to the game yeah very cool uh it's yeah it's violent as fuck and uh yeah. ended up pretty good so yeah, I didn't realize it was going to be a narrative like that. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was just going to be like a, like an anthology, but no, it's no, a fucking it's narrative. the journey of this kid David is pretty fucking awesome that he goes on in this show. Rugs, you will find. So okay, cool. I'm, yeah. I'm excited yeah, about it. Good. All right, all right. Where can that's it for this week? We're out. Uh, Rugs, where can the listener find you? Uh, really, Rug Boy on Twitter. Follow Let's me. Follow him. There's links in the show description, show notes on our website, jockinner.com. Uh, but the most important thing you could do is share this episode, listener. Get it out there in the world. Happy geeking out. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. 
That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. I really don't give a shit. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. 